Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today on this Wednesday morning as we get in the Word of God and allow it to transform our lives. And do you believe it will? I do. And not only that, I believe that this morning's message, this morning's verse has been one of the most transformative things in my life. That's hard to say because there's so many things that have from the Word of God that have affected me and I'm sure have affected you as well. But I'll end today with a story, stick around to the end, a story of how today's verse affected relationships with children that I think will be a real blessing to you and relationships at work and attitude towards work. Let's jump right into it. We are in the book of Philippians and we're in chapter four and we're getting to the end. And like many good preachers, Paul has said finally more than once, brought to a conclusion more than once. And he's getting serious here. We're in chapter four, and he says this, finally, brethren, all right, finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things or let your mind dwell on these things. How about you? Look at that list. Does that kind of reflect the things you think about during the day? It should. That's what we ought to be thinking about. These things should be filling our mind. And so often we lack peace, we lack victory, we lack joy, because rather than letting our mind dwell on these things, we're letting our mind dwell on other things. Now, Sometimes those other things we are dwelling on are, they're out there, they're reality, but it's just a matter of what you want to think about. What do you want to focus on? One, one, one mindset drags us down. It gets us in a downward spiral of, spiral of depression and discouragement and problems, and, and we just, we, we lose energy. We lose strength. We, we just get in this downward spiral. But if we follow this verse, of setting our mind on whatever's good, true, right, pure, lovely, worthy of praise, we find ourselves with a, a, an inner strength and we find ourselves growing and developing in our faith. Lots of times these things are we need to see by faith, but we find ourselves growing in faith, strength, and encouragement. The Bible has a lot to say about the mind. Let's look at a couple of verses real quick as we as we move on here. Uh, uh, in Colossians 3, verse 1, Paul writes to Colossians a similar idea. He says, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. How do you do that? How do you seek the things above? How do you seek God? Well, he tells us the very next verse, set your mind on the things above, not the things that are on earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It's This is a hard verse to apply, isn't it? The things on earth are all around us. We see them. Many of them are responsibilities we need to take care of. And this is not encouraging irresponsibility or that we that we just ignore what, what we're required to do here on earth. But what it's saying is that at times when our mind is free, at times when our mind can, we can decide what we want to do with our, you know, our thoughts. When we have that availability, where do you set your mind? Where's it go? What are you thinking about? 
if you want the peace of God and the victory of God, learn how to set your mind on the things above. Learn how to look at those things. Learn how to remind yourself. This is one reason I am so strong, and you've heard me say it before. Let's get in the Word of God every day. If you're only getting in the Word of God once a week, if you happen to make it a church that week, or a small group where you might not even really talk a lot about the Bible, I don't know. If that's all you're doing, you're not setting, it's going to be hard to set your mind on the things above. It's going to be really easy to, the things we see, the pressures of life, the the things we hear that we're, we're inundated with information of the world, of the things on this earth. Like I said, some of it we need to deal with, but not all of it. Some of it is just a huge distraction and it fills our minds and so this is why we need to be intentional. And, and in our day and age with so much information, very intentional to set my mind on the Word of God, to get in the Word of God each day, to, to discipline my mind, to obey Colossians 3, setting my mind on the things above, to obey Philippians 4, whatever's true, right, pure, holy, worthy of praise, Etc. Set my mind. Think about. Dwell on these things with my mind. How about this verse in Romans chapter eight, where we read this: For those who are according to the flesh or the sinful nature, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So you and I are of the spirit. We're born into the family of God. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. We progressively are allowing the Spirit of God to lead us and control our lives. And we want to see the flesh that sets our mind on immorality and anger and strife and bitterness and envy and jealousy. We want to see our mind, our, our those things having less and less of an effect in our lives and the love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle self-control of the Spirit having a greater and greater effect in our lives. And so how is one way we do this? We set our minds on the things of the flesh, and then we'll do the things of the flesh. But if you set your mind, and again, this is a discipline. This is something we choose to do. If we set our mind on the things of the Spirit, uh, if we're of the Spirit, we set our mind on the things of the Spirit. Continuing with the verse here, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it's not even able to do so. My friends, the mind set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. Be careful. This this relates to our internet viewing. This relates to our television viewing. This relates to the things that, that the conversations we have in between our own ears that nobody else is even hearing about. That we're just talking to ourselves, the, the thoughts that we tolerate in our mind, that we allow in our mind, thoughts about other people, thoughts about relationships, thoughts about God, thoughts about our, our country, thoughts about anything that these thoughts that are filling our mind, even if we're not speaking them, can our mind can be set on the things of the flesh. Be careful, because the mind set on the flesh is death. Now, one final thing I want to say here about the, actually two final, i got a couple things, but here's the importance of the mind. 
It's been said years ago, it was said to me, and I appreciate those who shared it with me, that if you sow a thought, you reap an action. The things you think about, sooner or later, you're going to act on, you're going to do them. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. This is how our life changes in our character. This is how we become in, in day in and day out practice, habitual practice, the people God created us to be. This is how our life changes. Thoughts create actions. Actions do enough of them, they become a habit. Do a habit enough, it's who you are. And this is what we want to be. Now, I want to go back, if I could, to the, the reverse today about whatever's true, right, honor and so honorable and so that we set our mind on these things. Years ago, I was, when I was first really discovering this verse, and I was appreciating some of the teaching of John Maxwell and then uh, Zig Ziglar. Zig, Zig is a motivational speaker, he's a salesman, he's a believer. He's passed on to be as the Lord, or as he would have said, graduated. But he had a talk once that he gave about being a good finder. Now, that relates to me, and it relates probably to you, because by nature, many of us tend to be fault finders. We try and find the fault in ourselves, the fault in someone else, sometimes the fault in God, rather than being a good finder. And it's easy to find fault in someone else. And Zig was telling the story about someone at work that was having a terrible time. They couldn't get along with anyone. Their situation was terrible. They hated their job. And the people down there he uh, were terrible, terrible, terrible people mistreating this woman. And so he met with her and tried to help her out. And he asked her, he said, well, she complained about all these people. And so finally he said, uh, well, is there anything you like about your job? She said, not really, No. And so he said, nothing? She said, well, no, really nothing. And he went through a little exercise with her. He said, do they pay you? She said, well, of course they pay me. He said, well, a lot of people do volunteer work. And you should, aren't you glad they pay you for what you do? She said, yeah. And he said, okay, we're going to make a list. Write that down. That's something you enjoy about your job. They pay you. He said, is it minimum wage or do they pay you above minimum wage? She said, well, obviously above minimum wage for what I do. He said, you, you know, some people work for minimum wage. Write it down. Do you get paid? Do you work inside or outside? She said, well, I'm in an office. She, he said, a lot of people work outside. They have to brave the elements. You, are you glad you work inside? She said, of course. Write it down. Do they heat the building in the winter and cool it in the summer? She said, well, obviously they do. He said, a lot of people work in warehouses where they don't have that. Write it down. And he said that by the end of the time, he had a list of over 20 things that he helped her see that she liked about her job. He said, I want you every day before you go to work, I want you to stand in front of me. I want you to read that list out loud and be glad for those things. She said, that's a waste of time. Why should I do that? He said, don't challenge me. Just do it. Well, she took him to heart and she did it. And he ran into her again a few months later and he asked how it was going. And she, her words went something like this. She said, well, Zig, we're not out of the woods yet. But you wouldn't believe how the people at work have changed. Well, obviously, she had changed. She had become a good finder. And that was the challenge, be a good finder. I remember when I was learning this story and this principle in Philippians 4.8 was, you know, learning to dwell on the good rather than the negative. That And both, both can be real, but which do you want your mind to dwell on? I came home from work one day and and, and my wife was stressed out and bothered. The kids had been a rough day, and 
we all have days like that, do we not? We all have days, if you're a parent, where the kids, you know, you think they're they're fighting and they're grumbling and they're fussing and she was just where they're going to, how they're going to turn out, you know, what's it going to be like? And she was kind of stressed by it and, and complaining so much about the kids. Now we all have days like that, but we all aren't all married to someone who's been listening to these John Maxwell and Zig Ziglar at the same time. And I said, wait a minute, I'm not going to let you talk about the children that way. Here's what we'll do. I said, I want you to pray about everything you're complaining about here, but I want you to find two things to thank God for about our children, two positive things for every one thing you want to complain about. Everything negative you're seeing, find two positives. And she didn't fight me and she didn't argue and she took that to heart. And you know what? I think that was a really significant day that affected how both she and I look at our children in terms of seeing the potential in them, seeing the, the bringing out the best in them instead of overwhelming them with the negativity. Some kids are raised, all they hear is negative from their parents. All they hear is where they're doing wrong. And and sometimes I was kind of raised that way. And sometimes that negativity can motivate you to prove your parent wrong. But I don't know if that's the way we want to live our lives is want to raise our kids so that they just prove we're wrong. Um, how much better? And we tried to, we tried in our life with our kids to be positive, encouraging, find the best bring out the best. Now they were sinners, of course, and they needed to be saved. Of course, I'm not denying that, but to help them reach that potential that God had given them, find their gift, affirm that who they are, see the good in them. I'm a firm, I've become a firm believer that if you see in another person that the good that God is doing and you feed that, you water that, you talk about that, you encourage that, that will blossom. On the other hand, if you just so focus on the negative, you run the risk that that person will grow up focusing on negative negative in their life. Now, folks, this takes discipline and it doesn't change overnight. Remember, a thought and action, an action, a habit, a habit, a character. This takes discipline to focus your mind. But I hope that this message motivates you along that line. Because as believers, you know, I've recently written an ebook. And I and I'm posting it on online. And why why do people leave the faith? The number of comments of people who have left the faith, who just talk about Christians being negative, and critical, and fault finders, and judgmental. There's something to this. We've got to make sure that that we can point out sin, and that we're called to do that, and that we can call out sin, but that we also are doing it in a in a hopeful positive, encouraging, faith-filled way that we have hopes for people, even those caught in sin. Amen? So I want you to be a good finder in your own life. I want you to be a good finder in those that you love. And I really want you to be a good finder with God. It's easy to blame Him and to find fault with God. And boy, that's when we really get messed up. So let's be people who obey Philippians 4.8, setting our minds, dwelling on that good, true, right, pure, worthy of praise, etc. Let's pray about it. Father in heaven, we thank you that this description, these words, these qualities in Philippians 4.8, they really describe Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are good and true and lovely and honorable, and you're worthy of praise. 
and everything about you, we want to give you praise today. Help us, Father, we pray, to be people who can set our mind on the things above where Christ is. Help us to be people who set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Help us not to be overwhelmed with the negativity, the anxiety, the worry, the sin, the ugliness that is so prevalent in our world. Help us to rise above that and to be lights in a dark world because we've learned to set our minds on the things of God. I pray for this, and I ask it for each one of us now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today. If you're new, a special welcome. We come here every single day at 8.30 a.m. live Eastern time, but you can watch anytime later in the day. You can even watch this. done well over a thousand of these videos. You can go back and watch any one of them if you want. Just search for them on my YouTube page, Tom the Preacher. And also, if you can't, a lot of people download the podcast from the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms, and they just listen in their car or while they're walking or exercising. You can do that as well. But I encourage you, let's get in the Word of God every day. I hope this time inspires you, edifies you, equips you to be mighty for God. We need mighty Christians for God. Let's you and I be one of them. Amen? God bless you. I love you. Until we meet tomorrow, you have a wonderful day and set your mind on the things of God. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.